Hey guys, jumping in real quick to tell you about the sponsor for this week's episode, the Satchel Podcast Player. If you like podcasts, you're going to want to check this out. There's no third-party ads, no on-screen ads, nothing like that. It's a great way to get connected with the content that you're listening to. You can even tweet directly into the podcast that you're listening to and even send a few dollars along to the podcast. For example, right now, if you like listening to Flash TV Talk, you could send us like, I don't know, $2, $3, $10, however much you feel like we're worth. You can do that directly in the Satchel Podcast Player. It's a great player. You got to check it out. If you're a podcaster, you can register your podcast at satchelplayer.com. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to reviews, news, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Ah, uh, excited to finally be back. It's been so long. It's all these cobwebs. I just got to like, you know, brush them off and, and uh, excited to podcast. Yeah, man. Look, we're uh, we are podcasting live at Mixler.com slash Pottery. What's up, everybody in the chat? Thank you all so much for being uh, gracious and patient with us as we do shake out the cobwebs uh, and all the wonderful technical difficulties that comes from, you know what? Being gone for like a month, man. It's been uh, I, I, too I, long. I've, I've missed you, buddy. I've missed you, too. Yeah, but here we are once again. About ready to talk about The Flash. Great episode to talk about tonight. Uh, before we do it, want to let you guys know of something. I've got some big news I, I'd really like to share, if you don't mind. Ooh. I'm going to London. What? Yeah, man. I'm really excited about this. Queen Bee's from London, right? I do believe so, yes. Yeah. All right, cool. Hopefully, I'll be able to sync up with Queen Bee. Uh, but yeah, man. So I will actually be a panelist at New Media Europe. Um, talking about podcasting and, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this. So, uh, if you happen to be in the uh, London area, you want to meet up, B, I'm looking at you. Uh, let's go get a beer and talk about the flash in person in a pub, right? That's, that's what you say in jolly old London town. <laughs> and now nobody will want to hang out with me from London. <laughs> Uh, so I'm trying to remember the pub that I used to go to. I think it was called the Polar Bear and it was near Trafalgar Square when I was in London for the London semester that I went on. That's where I would go. Oh, or there's also like Shakespeare's Head. I think I went there Ooh, a lot of times. I feel like I have to go there just based on the name of it. And then there's also this really cool pub. This is also near Trafalgar Square. It's in a church. It's in like the, the, the catacomb of a church. That's awesome. Like underground? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like in, it's in a crypt like where they, you know, bury all the dead people. <laughs> Are the dead people still there? Uh, I think they were moved. But I did drink wine out of the skull of a dead person, so... I tell you what, man. We're uh, we're, th- we're 30 days uh, from our last podcast. I don't want to start this on the wrong trajectory, so why don't we go <laughs> ahead and get back on track here? Man, I'm, I'm excited. I'll be in London. It'll actually be, if I'm not mistaken, in July or late June. I, I get the J's mixed up, but I'll double check. And uh, if you happen to be in uh, the London, UK area, you want to meet up for uh, for a drink... Uh, let's do it. And then, hey, if you happen to be going uh, or interested in uh, New Media Europe, sign up for it because I'll be speaking there, which will be pretty cool. Will you buy me plane tickets? No. Uh, but I will tell you this. This is kind of cool. Speaking of uh, speaking on panels, uh, for Mississippi Comic Con back here in the old US of A, uh, we will be doing a DC TV talk panel with myself, Hunter Camp, and Derek Russell. Uh, of course, Hunter from uh, formerly Gotham Podcast and current uh, Arrow TV Talk, Derek Russell from uh, formerly Starkville House of L and currently Starkville Podcast. We will be talking DC TV on a panel here in Mississippi uh, for the Mississippi Comic Con coming up in the next couple of weeks here. So, uh, yeah, that's happening as well. That'll be fun. Yeah, man. Panels and screens. Hey, speaking of panel to screen, Batman vs. Superman is coming soon. 
Uh, and so look for a panel, new episode of Panel to Screen next week. But in the meantime, why don't we go ahead and jump into some Flash TV talk? Because that's what you're here for. So, man, let's jump into The Rundown. The Rundown. Episode 16 of Season 2, Trajectory, directed by Glenn Winter and story by Lauren Serto and Lila Vandenberg. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, the Flash team worked to train Barry to get faster so that he can stop Zoom. However, they hit a roadblock and decide to go out and have some fun to decompress. While they're at a club, another speedster shows up and robs everyone before escaping. A Mercury Labs employee, Eliza Harmon, turns out to be the speedster who developed Velocity 9 from samples Caitlin gave her to help with Jay's illness. Operating under the name Trajectory, she invades Star Labs, imprisons Barry, and demands more V9. After she threatens Jesse's life, Dr. Wells and Caitlin make more of the drug for Eliza, who then speeds off to wreak havoc on the city. Barry tracks her down and tries to talk Eliza into giving up. She refuses and injects more V9 into her system before speeding off. Barry watches as Eliza's speed becomes so intense that her lightning turns blue and she disintegrates. Meanwhile, Jesse decides to leave the city to experience the world on her own. Based on what Barry saw from the overuse of V9, the similarities between Zoom's speed and Jay's sickness and Cisco's vibe, the team realized that, dun dun dun, Zoom is Jay. Bum, bum, bum. And then at the very end, Barry runs off to the edge of that, that uh, cliff and yells out, Bo called it. Oh, no. See, I thought he yelled, no. <laughs> it was a little bit like that, right? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, rather than do our normal thing of jumping directly to the end, let's actually start here at the beginning with that cliff. Um, very much, I mean, kind of a, a Matrix throwback here with the whole uh, leap of faith. Uh, kind of. I also got a real big cabin in the woods vibe. Uh, <laughs> just from the location. No. Have you seen cabin? In the I woods? have not. I, I, I won't speak any more of it because it will ruin. Uh, now I know, I know about the twist. Well, it, no, it's just a part in the movie. Well, so there's a part where, uh, where Thor, uh, Chris Hemsworth, his character in the, in the movie tries to make a jump, uh, on a motorbike and he is unable to do so. And I will leave the reasoning why he's unable to do so for those of you who want to watch the movie because it's hilarious. Fair enough. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's sort of like a, like a Wiley e. Coyote sort of moment there. Did, uh, were there, were, was there a team of drones that was called to, uh, to pick him up and fly him back to uh, solid ground? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, Cisco with the drone game all of a sudden, uh, first time that we've seen that going on. I, can I, can I, this, this is, this is the episode review in which I'm going to come across as kind of an old man. Are you now? Yeah, because a couple of reasons. One, first of all, I'm getting kind of sick of all these drones, man. Why are you getting sick of drones? I don't know. Drones are completely uninteresting. They look weird. They like. I don't like the fact that they're called drones because they're not autonomous. Well, that's a whole nother thing. But I mean, just just the whole like I, I like drone tech just fine, but I feel like drones are everywhere. They all kind of look the same. They're not. They're not, which is not all that cool looking. They all have that humming noise. They're they're like giant bees. They are. They're exactly like giant bees. I went to CES uh, this this year and like going, walking through CES in the drone section. Imagine a giant warehouse filled with drones all going off the exact same time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Could you hear anything like any of the pitches these guys are trying to make? Hello, 
over here, you'll see we have our new drone. And uh, as you can tell, it's... <laughs> I kept on waiting for somebody to make the pitch for the silent drone. Talk, Call me up when you get a silent drone. But no, I just, I don't know, man. It just... Stealth drone technology. It just seemed a little weird. I don't know. Something about having drones all of a sudden pick up the flash just seemed odd to me. Plus, like, you know, well, can't Barry actually do the whole spinning his arm things? Like, can't he essentially become a drone himself? Uh, yeah, you know, because I, I, that's, that's one of those things where, like, anytime you introduce new power... You, when it's not used later on, you just, it's like, well, why didn't Barry just, you know, fly like he did earlier? Well, not fly. Patty from the trickster. Yeah, hover more than fly. But yeah, no, exactly. Because that was the thing. At first, I was like, he's sitting there like, okay, well, you know, he could essentially do the exact same thing. And then remembering, oh, yeah, he did do the exact same. He knows how to do this. Um, So that was a little, I don't know. That seemed, I mean, it, it was a funny moment with Cisco being like, oh, no, don't bring the drones. No, and everything else. But uh it seemed an, an odd move just to give Cisco that moment. Uh, I thought Cisco actually had a lot of great moments throughout this episode, though. Of course, uh, the team goes down to uh, to chill out, and the way they do it is they go to the club. This is the other place where I'm going to sound like an old man. <laughs> I, the club was so loud. there was the, They could barely hear what was going on and all of the flashy lights and the noise. And I just, I like- Man. I, I agree with you 100% on there. Like, I cannot go to clubs. I can't even really go to loud bars anymore. There, there's this new uh, little entertainment district that opened up in my neighborhood. Uh, they're trying to, like, bring some of the cool bars and stuff like that from downtown up north uh, where I live, which is cool. Like, I, I love it. But um, I have to go in the off times, like, in the afternoon, uh, it, during the weekdays, because when there's just, you know, a crap ton of people and a lot of noise – you know, I, I I go there to conversate. Like, if I'm there by myself, whatever, it's fine. If I'm watching a game or something like that, I'm by myself, no big problem. But, like, when you can't talk to people, like, I, I don't know. why is eh. Well, for me, I mean, yeah, obviously uh, for myself as well. But, I mean, even even just watching the, the show, I was just so ready for them to get out of there because I had a hard time following them. Now, and it was important because a lot of, you know, quiet, quote-unquote, quiet moments actually occurred in the club. Uh, especially if you look at the, the Iris Berry relationship, you know, they're sitting there, they're watching Cisco and, and oh gosh, man. All right. So you get this great character moment between Cisco and Caitlin where Cisco asks Caitlin to dance and they go off, you know, uh, to dance. And it's wonderful because they've got this brother sister relationship. Cisco's, uh, he, he wants to go out and have a good time, but he's also trying to make sure that Caitlin has a good time as well. But then yeah. we also get the, the actual brother and sister who don't have a brother and sister relationship, which is <laughs> Barry and Iris. I never really thought about it, but they are kind of a, a weird polar opposite of one another or, or a weird, you know, alternate reflection of each other. They, they make a joke, right? It didn't, I think it was Iris that said, Hey, you know, if, if we, uh, did she say when we get married or if we get married? Well, because they get married in the future. They know that. Already. Right, 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 right. Clearly, she was joking. I mean, I don't think that – I think she was almost saying it somewhat flippantly, like, <laughs> when we get married in the future, nudge, nudge, like, that'll ever happen. Yeah, which is weird because, I mean, when you know the – what is she trying to do? Is she trying to actively change the future or does, does she just – I mean, that's that's the thing. Does she know? She knows, right? She knows. Yeah, oh, yeah. She knows. Remember, she knew She knew since last season, the whole newspaper bit with – um. Uh, and I think didn't didn't she even say to um, uh, not Eobard, Eddie – didn't she say it to Eddie that, uh, you know – That's right. Yeah, okay. I wanted to make sure that she's seen the future and she's seen the future paper. And their, their Earth 2 counterparts, their doppelgangers are married. Yeah, but I do think – you know, what was her whole comment to Eddie about screw the future, which Eddie yeah, took way true. too literally <laughs> – yeah. He's like, yeah, you know what? Screw, Screw the, the future. future. Kill myself. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I do think there is kind of the sense of like, well, you know, I, I, I refuse to believe in destiny. I, I have control of my own life. Uh, I won't be destiny's puppet, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, you know, I mean, they're going to end up together. Of course, we have her uh, and her new boss. Uh, I mean, there's there's chemistry there. And, you know, I put it out on Twitter. I haven't figured out what to call this guy. I mean, obviously, he's Danish Dan's replacement. So do we call him uh, Coffee Craig, Cappuccino Kyle, um, Mocha Mark? That one was one that people seem to like. <laughs> uh, what was the other one? Espresso, uh, oh, uh, Espresso Estebar. Um, espresso Estebar. I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> Let's go with Espresso Estebar. So Espresso Estebar here uh, starts putting the moves on his employee, by the way, guys. Uh, yeah, because that's not in the HR. Uh, okay, you know, he's new. I'll give him that. Maybe he hasn't gone through the HR manual yet. Mm. <laughs> okay. But... but you know, it, it's it's one thing when uh, uh, you're a coworker, and it's another thing like a, like co- two coworkers having the same having a relationship or something like that. It's another thing when it's your subordinate. Yeah, that's a big big no no. Well, and not only that, it's the way that he did things, right? Because he he asked her to go to coffee, right? So they or no, did she ask him to go to coffee? She asked him. So she asked him to go to coffee, and admittedly, you know. I, it it was it was a little off that she was even asking him in the first place. Like I. I would not have – if I was him, if I was Espresso Estebar, I would not have taken that as she's asking me out on a date. No. But I mean then again, like you know, I've had people in real life ask me for coffee and I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm fine. I don't drink coffee. Uh, you know, I can't have caffeine after six. And <laughs> yes. So, so you know, I, I'm the opposite end of that spectrum. Whereas he looks into it too much. I don't look into it at all. Uh, because I'm oblivious. Oh, oh, so you're saying that she should have taken it the old uh, coffee oh, and thought. You want to get a cup of coffee? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, coffee. Yeah. How, how do you like it? Hot and strong. Hot. Well, yeah, I like my women like I like my coffee. Hot, dark, and with a spoon in them. <laughs> uh, what's the name of that uh, comedian? Eddie Izzard. He's oh, you know Eddie. Uh, speaking of Eddie Izzard, I have to bring this up because we were talking about him. He just ran 26 marathons in 26 days for awareness for a cause that apparently did not stick in my head <laughs> enough to know he's a great he's man for all that he's done for um because <laughs> i wanted to plug his charity back uh, kid uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's you go, know let's go with um let's go with the kids let's go with the children yes it's for the it's for the kids for, for the, the kids paulie it's for the kids yeah i'll allow that tangent and get us back on trage- trajectory because it was about running uh, so anyway Espresso Estebar, Iris, what are you thinking, man? Are you shipping these guys? No, not at all. Like, especially after Barry and uh, Barry and Iris's conversation in the club, I just say, let's just go ahead. And let's oh just go. no, you know what? Hang on, I'm sorry. I just realized something. We what? can't call him Espresso Estebar. Why not? Because that's not his name. What's his name? It's J Jonah Java. Now, you think about it. He's sitting here with the whole, you know. Ah, I, I don't care who this guy is. We're, you know, clearly he's the one that's robbing all these people. He was so ready to throw uh, to J- Barry under the bus just because, you know, just because, oh, well, he's, he's a good guy that everybody loves. Therefore, he must be evil. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> the name does work because I could totally see him going Spider-Man. I mean, I mean, I mean, Flash. Right, 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 right. Or villain, you know. <laughs> Speederman. Hero <laughs> or <a> menace. <laughs> Peterman, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so you are not shipping Iris and J. Jonah Java, man. I, I just, I just want them to go ahead. 
you know, especially after the conversation in the in the club, I want them to, to go ahead and let's let's do Barry and Iris. No, I mean, why do we why do we have to do this? Because you can't just you can't just skip to the end, man. That's uh, a I'm not saying skip to the end. I'm saying like make it rough, make it complicated, make it crazy. You know, but why do we have to throw in another love interest that we know is not going to end well? Um, because that's that's <laughs> you're not going to like the answer. <laughs> it's the CW. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, yes, that, that's what I was going for. That, that's what I was going for with that. Is it? Yes, it's because it's the CW. And, you know, people like that. It's televised I, drama. It's not just the CW. Any television series, especially one where you've got kind of a love interest, which is somewhat central to the plotline. Now, in all fairness, I, I don't know that the Iris Berry is the central thing here. I think. Um, I think they've done a good job at, at making so many different uh, dynamic characters with their own unique plot lines that this isn't all contingent upon one relationship or anything like that. Uh, however, I mean, they, it, it is a, a central part of the lore. It's a central part of who the Flash sure. is. It's a central, central part of, um, you know, the, the Barry Allen Iris storyline is that they belong together. I mean, even, you know, I, I, I don't want to downplay because I know that there's a lot of shippers, so to speak, of, of various relationships or, or seeing either Iris with someone else or Barry with someone else. Uh, but that being said, you know, in the lore of the Flash, there is a connection between the two of them that goes beyond just a traditional love story. She is his lightning rod. And so sure. there's a, you know, there, there is even more kind of a, if you want to get into the speed force and almost like a spiritual sense, there is a destiny there beyond what they have control over. And so um, anyway, you know, I, I get that she doesn't want to be destiny's puppet. I get that, you know, she doesn't want to have to be defined by that. Obviously she cares for Barry. I don't, I don't, I would even say even in the midst of that joke, uh, she's not put off by the idea of being married to him. I think she's kind of okay if that ends up being their future. It's just not their present. And, you know, I ship Patty and Barry. Oh, you so were baddie I, for Patty. Yeah, I was baddie for Patty. So, like, I have no room to talk here. But, you know, I I, I get it. You know, and, and a lot of people like those, uh, you know, the, those subplots and things like that. And more power to them. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, the CW, they they know how to pull in an audience. And then and, and it's, it's, it's crazy that, you know, you can have people who – will watch shows strictly for the relationship stuff and the emotional things and stuff like that. And you'll have people who watch it strictly for the action. You have people who watch it for both. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's great how they, how they do that. But, uh, but yeah, you know, you're right. She, she doesn't want to be beholden to destiny, beholden to fate. And, uh, she just wants to, you know, do her own thing, you know? So, well, let's talk about the, uh, you know, the other ship that was, <laughs> was that introduced sailed. and, uh, and got shut down immediately. Um, Cisco and trajectory. Because, I mean, you know, we got a we got a female speedster on the scene, the first ever female speedster on this series. And, uh, you know, Cisco, first thing he's got to know, is she hot? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. What else would he ask? <laughs> oh, man. Cisco said we need to get Cisco a girlfriend. One that's not like, a, you know, a metahuman or uh, a person addicted to speed drugs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it'd be nice if they're not a villain for once or, or you know, a reincarnated uh, hawk lady who's Destined for someone else. Exactly. So it gets uh, pulled into a time ship to go fight Vandal Savage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If that could happen for, uh, for Cisco, we'd love that, but no man trajectory. Of course, uh, uh, a speedster villain is not new to the series. Of course, Barry's going up against uh, reverse flash zoom, uh, and now trajectory very much kind of a one and done character here. Um, I, I, I gotta admit, I was kind of assuming we would see more of her. However, I feel like her legacy, uh, is going to live on. I'll get into that a little bit later. But overall, man, what do you think about trajectory? 
Well, so I, I I was thinking like, hey, maybe this would be like a multi-episode arc. It'll be kind of cool. It's sort of like, you know, the, the mystery is like, who is this person? And then the, the minute they went to Mercury Labs and they started talking to uh, Eliza, I was like, okay, she has a terrible poker face. This will definitely <laughs> be over this episode. <laughs> right. That domino mask is really not doing her any favors. It is quite well, clear. I mean, I mean, aside from that, when then they go in there, it's like, hey, you know that serum that I wanted you to look at she's like oh uh um uh uh yeah the serum no i i don't know anything about that yeah (laughs) you know you can look for it for yourself if you want to here i'll just move over here (laughs) yeah i'll just move over here and like pocket the one sample that's sitting here out on the desk (laughs) right right yeah you know i did one thing i really did love is that they did tie mercury labs into it because i mean uh, initially i started asking the the exact same questions they did which was you know who would have made her suit you know it seems like there would need to be some kind of cisco out there uh, doing things for this other speedster. Um, and so when they, when, uh, Caitlin put it together that, that the time was Mercury Labs, I was actually kind of hoping that there might actually be more of a deeper plot line here. And what I mean is that not only is it just this one rogue scientist, but perhaps Mercury Labs has been working on trying to create their own speedster. Uh, maybe they're aware of the fact that the Flash has ties to Star Labs and they want to, you know, go on a similar trajectory, if you will. Oh, yeah. You know, I was kind of hoping that there might be some sort of like, you know, mystery and subterfuge going on. And, and like we kind of see, uh, you know, they they string us along as to who is this person? Is it Eliza? Maybe they throw you some you know misdirection here and there. But yeah, it, it seemed like they just wanted this to be like a one and done kind of thing. But I, I will say I did enjoy the character. I think it was really neat to see another speedster that's not uh, this, you know, because with reverse flash and with the zoom, there's this deep, you know, kind of like personal connection to these characters. And there's this just, you know, uh, uh, visceral kind of hatred, you know, between them. But this is just kind of like, oh, it's a new person. This is neat. I've never I've never fought a speedster where uh, I'm not like super mad at them for betraying me, you know, so so yeah. it's a different dynamic there. It's, it's more of like a especially once he finds out that it's, you know, this velocity nine and it's killing her. It's kind of like this thing where it's like, I don't want to to stop you and defeat you. I want to help you. And, uh, that was, that was a neat little, uh, little change there. Yeah. I, you know, I, hmm, I, it's, it, I do hope at some point we get maybe a little bit deeper dive into what's going on at Mercury, because if you think about it, they, there are so many projects that Mercury has been working on that is so similar to what's going on at star labs. You could almost imagine as though something may be going on subtly, uh, almost like a shadow corner of Mercury Labs or something like that. You know, we haven't gotten the actual plot line for it, uh, but I do think there's enough seeds there, maybe even in, inadvertently planted, uh, that if they wanted to go back and tell that kind of story, they could. You know, the the one thing about Trajectory that I was not a huge fan of was the goleming. So that was interesting to me because... I know we had talked earlier in speedster speculation about, you know, some, some of the zoom speculation that we had. Mm. Uh, and, and, and one of the, the topics that we brought up and uh, I was tweeting about this was the, the split personality thing where, you know, the velocity nine uh, changes J. And so this zoom entity kind of like splits off from him. And so when she started talking to herself, that's when I was kind of like, Hmm, maybe this has some credence to it because a velocity nine is one of these things that drives you crazy and, uh, you know, what, what, what's to say that, that that personality and that, that speed force entity that kind of like, you know, drives you nuts, couldn't separate and become its own sort of thing. But yeah, I, I, I hear you, but I, I just, you know, we've seen, we saw the two fight each other before. 
I, I don't know, man. I'm sticking pretty. I'm, I'm I'm feeling more and more confident with every single episode about the uh, the tw- the quote unquote twin theory that we uh, put out on the podcast. And then also, actually, if you haven't seen it, we we made a YouTube video uh, and put it up using sticky notes as kind of a way to help explain. Uh, the uh, the quote unquote twin theory. I'll be sure to put a link to that in the uh, in the show notes for this episode if you need a little help getting behind that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it's good thought. Except she didn't break into. She did Gollum, so she went crazy. Part of the speculation at, at one point was that you know Hunter Zolomon perhaps uh, or not. Yeah, Hunter Zolomon uh, was actually uh, created by Harrison Wells. Maybe he tapped Hunter Zolomon and used the V nine on Hunter Zolomon in an attempt to make his own Flash. Uh, make his own speedster uh, that would be on his side and and could be kind of a counterbalance to the Flash, and, but then of course he went crazy, and so uh, and became well, controlled. It's the, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know if if Harrison is responsible for Zoom. Uh, you know Harrison knows a lot about V nine, or well, I guess Velocity six back then. But one way or the other, I mean Harrison was the one that invented the Velocity drug. Was it Harrison? I thought it was Jay. Uh, no, no, I think it was Harrison. Okay. Okay. Well, then, yeah, I, I I retract my statement because I was thinking that it was Jay that made it uh, because he was trying to get Master to fight Zoom. But, well, uh, no, that's what he told Caitlin. Like, that's he, true. That he never he told that to uh, to anybody else, but that's what he told Caitlin. So I just don't know why. I mean, what what incentive does Harrison have to keep that secret? Then that he that created he, Zoom. Yeah. Well, that he created Zoom, yeah, okay, never mind. <laughs> that, that, but that, that he created Velocity, like the Velocity series. No, no, I don't think he's kept that secret. I think it's that's that's how Caitlin became aware of it, wasn't it? Maybe I need to go back and rewatch it. But I, yeah, I, I need. I, my, I'm getting muddled in my brain here. Yeah, I, it might it might need to go back and get double check. But one way or the other, man. Yeah. So um, Velocity uh, Nine, of course, it works better than anything that we've seen before. But we've never seen somebody use it to the extent that Trajectory has. Uh, Caitlin, of course, having the experience with Velocity 9, actually being the one that really perfected, uh, and as much as it could be perfected. Eliza, you know, again, back on the Goleming thing, it did, didn't really work for me. Um, that being said, the fact that she kind of burnt out quick in this episode was slightly disappointing, except for the fact that I feel like she leaves behind her something that we will see again, and that is her costume. So that suit, man, that suit looks like it could fit somebody else. And of course, I'm thinking about Jesse Quick. Uh, in fact, actually, even I even thought about Eliza when we saw her both in, in suit and out of suit, that she's about the exact same size as Jesse Quick. I wonder if that casting was kind of uh, intentional from that standpoint. Uh, but Jesse, you know, we actually see her shot up with uh, a, a fake version of Velocity 9. And for a brief moment, I thought for sure we were actually going to get Jesse Quick in this exact same episode. I thought so too. Now, now, did I miss something here? Because they originally give Eliza the velocity of nine. She's like, do you think I'm stupid? Is this full of drugs? And then she injects Jesse. So was that fake or was it real? No, it was, it was totally fake. Like that. I, that's why she was onto him. She knew they were trying to, to drug her. Okay. Okay. Cause I, for some reason, I, I want to say that reason that, 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 that part of the episode's not sticking well in my head. I don't, I don't, I, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened there. So they, they present her the drug. She knows they're on. Uh, she's on to them. So she injects Jesse with it. What was it? It was an actual sedative. Yeah, I guess so. Jesse started foaming at the mouth and like, you know, convulsing on the floor because I thought I thought they were saying so. But so that, that they didn't after that, that's when they gave her the real serum. Correct. Yes. After that. Or no, she steals the serum. 
She steals it. Okay. Yeah. So she gets it. But but here's the thing, man. Jesse, you know, she's okay, but decides to walk. Um, you know, we got that that uh, moments with her bonding with the team at the club and everything, which was nice. Um, we got a we got maybe some sparks flying between her and Wally. Maybe speaking of ships, right there. Um, you know, but here's the question: something sparked between her and Wally. Did you notice that her uh, her metahuman watch started acting crazy at the club once Wally arrived? I did, I did, and that, and that started me thinking. I'm like, okay, so is Wally a metahuman? Like, well, if so, you know, when was he in Central City the whole time? Um, well, it's possible that he could have been. Uh, no, because hmm. Because uh, his mother was not in Central City. I thought she she left. Yeah, she was in Keystone. Uh, but but it's very possible they could have been in town during the explosion. Uh, but even then, you know, the the idea I, I believe the idea that we've we've been led to believe is that uh, as was implied by Oliver Queen in the first episode, the lightning chose Barry, and I think that's true. Um, I also, you know, we'll get a little bit into this in speedster speculation uh, for this episode, but I also feel like a a uh, a flash, the, the, the kind of the truest form of speedster comes directly, uh, from the speed force or being connected to the speed force. So it's very possible that the lightning, uh, that struck Barry, a similar bolt of that lightning may have also sought out and found Wally wherever he was. Um, you know, the blast goes off. Sure. But most of the people that we see affected by the blast in episode one are when the, the kind of the wave hits them, Right. Yeah, With Barry, the wave hadn't reached him yet when the lightning came flying down. The lightning flew out of that blast, went up into the sky and came flying down where he was, which was not necessarily in the radius at that point of where the blast was going out. Very likely the exact same lightning could have done the same thing to Wally, no matter where he was. Um, you know, if we had, uh, if we had a Bart or a Jay, or at least a uh, a Jay Garrick, a good Jay Garrick in our earth at that time, uh, <laughs> it may, it may, would have found him uh, theoretically maybe it did find jay maybe that same lightning was released not just uh in our earth but in multiple earths and so the speedsters the, the truest speedsters if you will the the real speedsters not this drug drugged up fake speedster um those may have been struck by bolts of the exact same lightning uh regardless of where they are so yeah i, I don't think he has to be in in the blast radius in order to be considered a, a metahuman if the lightning uh, found him. Yeah, but you know, Barry says in this episode that the only way we know how to create a speedster is with a particle accelerator explosion. Well, that's... The, but he, he's saying that in reference before he knows about Velocity 9, though. Yeah, and and even, I mean, that 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 comment kind of struck me kind of in an interesting way uh, that he would even say that. because that's, I agree. That's not true, per se, um, because we've seen speedsters that were not affected by that. So they know they have to be aware of the fact that that isn't the only way that speedsters come about. Um, but also I think it, I, I don't think they've yet figured out and I, I hope they do because I do think this is true. I don't think they figured out that Barry is not the same as the other metahumans that they've come across. Yes, he is a metahuman, but that's like a large umbrella. Um, you know, for, for, to some extent you could consider Superman a metahuman, um, even though he's an alien. So do you think something's going to come out where it's like Barry, perhaps that the particle accelerator explosion created the metahumans, which is what we know, but the lightning bolt that struck Barry could be unrelated to the particle accelerator. No, I think, I think to some extent it is related to the particle. I think that they, um, I think it is related to the particle accelerator 
explosion because of that moment in time more than anything else. And even perhaps what occurred, you know, they, when they explained it in the pilot, they said that a lot was going on. They're like, you know, all of a sudden like antimatter was there, like, like portals to other worlds were opening up. Like they, they mentioned like a whole bunch of, you know, OMG science and OMG sci-fi. I mean, like it was, they, they kind of left it open for them to potentially do anything they wanted to with that explosion. Um, and so I, but I don't think the lightning, it, it's not, it's not kryptonite from Smallville. You know, the, the particle explosion is kind of kryptonite from Smallville, but the lightning isn't. The lightning's something different. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is, I guess, my theory more than it is anything else. But um, all that to say, I think the lightning has struck Wally. Uh, I think it's the same, or at least from the same bolts of lightning that struck Barry. And I think Wally just doesn't know that he has. That he was struck yet. by lightning. Well, he might. He may know that he was struck by light. He's never shared it with anybody. I mean, do you go up and tell everybody you just meet that you were struck by lightning when you were a kid. Uh, if I found out that Barry was struck by lightning, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's weird. I got struck by lightning the same day you did." Hmm. Uh, well, fair enough, but but it may not have come up in conversation. Yeah, I don't he's know. Got, he's I, got a lot going on in his life right now. <laughs> Plus, him and Barry haven't spent all that much time together. That's true. That's true. I'm just saying, man, it's very possible that he he has the potential. He's been struck by lightning. Uh, maybe it, it hasn't even manifested yet. Um, that could be a possibility. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, the meta watch was going off because Wally was there. I mean, that's that's my guess, because I mean, clearly they introduced Wally while he's a speedster in the comics. So he's going to be at speedster on the flash. It's just a matter of when. Yep. Yep, absolutely. You know, uh, I'll make mention of it real quick. We didn't see a whole lot of Harry in this episode, although, you know, the thing that ultimately uh, drove Jesse away was, um, you know, she felt kind of uncomfortable about her her father and his kind of overprotectedness going so far as to even kill uh, to protect his daughter. Um, so she, yeah, I think she's less concerned with the overprotectedness and more concerned with the fact that her father's a murderer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, one's kind of a symptom of the other, right? Yeah, this, this is true. This is true. Um, but... You know, so Harris, Harry is in a, a bit of a, a rough place, but uh, that's to be expected. I, I you know, I, I'm kind of, you know, Jesse going off into uh, kind of a strange new world without a social security number. No, she's got no ID, no social security number. Uh, there's there's another her. No, there's not another her. There's not another her. That that at least is not a problem. Uh, do, wait, do we know she didn't have a doppelganger? Yeah, because her mom died before she was born. Uh, oh, on Earth One? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and the car crash. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, she was never born on Earth 1, so that's not a problem. But she does – she is rolling around out there somewhere. We can only assume that uh, she'll end up with – Fixing uh, Velocity 9, and then she'll become Jesse Quick with a Velocity Serum that works, which is what they will use to defeat Zoom. That's good. That's good. I was going to say hanging out with uh, King Shark and um, uh, Naked Linda Park. You know, where is naked Linda Park at this point? She's off somewhere naked. That's all we know. <laughs> like, is she still naked? I mean, she's you invisible. You figured she'd get cold. That's a good point. Maybe she's got... No, she, she went somewhere tropical. All we know is that she's naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's somewhere, she's invisible, and she's naked. That's the last time anybody saw her. Quote, unquote, yeah. saw her. Yeah. Well, hey, man, look, we've got a, we got a uh, speedster speculation I want to jump into that is all about Velocity 9, so uh, let's do it. Speedster speculation. 
All right, so here's the thing, man. Velocity 9. Um, we've seen the evolution of Velocity the drug, which, by the way, kids, drugs are bad. I don't know if you got that as the theme of this episode, but it's true. Drugs are bad and cool. It is. They are. Drugs are very bad. Don't do not do drugs. Stay clean. Um, drug free. So I got nothing in my system. Uh, my rhymes make me rich. Wait, what does Marky Mark say? I, I, I don't believe that Marky Mark has ever been drug free. No, but he says it in the song and feel the vibrations. That's true. Drug free. What is it? What's the line? Hang on. Yeah, that was another thing. I Dundee's uh, on the back up. Drug free. So I put the crack up. That's what it was. <laughs> what? He so he just stopped doing crack? No, no, no. no. So you know, he's telling. I'm sorry. He's uh, uh, drug free. So put the crack up. So he's telling you kids, you need to put the crack up. Oh, okay, yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like if you want to become. Oh, rich, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Donnie D's on the back up. Drug free. So put the crack up. No need for speed. I'm the anti-D-R-U-G-G-I-E. My body is healthy. My rhymes make me wealthy. And the Funky Bunch helps me to bring you a show with no intoxication. Come on, feel the vibration. I didn't know that Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch were straight edge. Feel it, feel it. I learned something today. All right, let's learn a little something about Velocity 9, or at least speculate about it. Because here's the deal, man. We saw, uh, quote-unquote, Jay... Um, use Velocity 9 a couple of times. And of course, we saw the the yellow lightning. And that was even throwing me off the time because I was trying to piece together the zoom theory and and whatnot. And of course, uh, what we ultimately see is that the yellow turns to blue with Velocity 9. But, but the lightning as a whole, and especially the yellow lightning, but the lightning as a whole has always, to me, been associated with the speed force. So is Velocity 9, like, is it... Uh, enabling somebody to connect to the speed force or, you know, they, they, what, what, where, how do you get to the speed force, man? That's, that's my question. Like where, where is the line here? Okay. So Caitlin mentioned, and I don't remember exactly what she said, but she's, when uh, she's talking about Eliza, you know, saying like, don't use it because you're not connected to the speed force. So she, she says that she says you're not connected to the speed force like Jay is. So this is bad for you. Interesting. So the idea then being that theoretically, because, uh, and that's, that's why zoom wanted the speed force. That's why he kept on trying to suck the speed force out of Barry. Cause it's the speed force that actually allows you to exist as a speedster. If you don't have connection to the speed force, then it'll ultimately deteriorate. It's almost like, um, uh, trying to, uh, it's, you're, you're running out of firewood, right? The speed force gives you an in, infinite number of firewood to burn. Uh, but with velocity nine, you don't have an infinite number of firewood. You've got like toilet paper. Yeah. Something like that. Cause it, it cause it seems it. So you use the velocity nine. Well, no, cause it's cellular generation is what she was talking about. So as uh, what Caitlin was talking about. So like uh, you use that and it just burns you up, but yeah, yeah. So you're right. So, so the connection to the speed force gives, you ample fuel to fuel your body and prevent the cellular degeneration without the speed force there. When you go that fast, when you uh, use that velocity serum, it's consuming your body because the speed force is not giving it energy, right? So the, 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 the energy it's taking out is from you as opposed to from the speed force. So the electricity that we see from that standpoint, at least for if you're using velocity nine is mo- almost more like bioelectrical. Right. It's, it's that the electricity is being generated from your own body. Whereas uh, if you're connected to the speed force, the, the, le- the electricity, the lightning that you see is actually the speed force. 
I, I I don't think so. I I think they're I think they're they're both the same regardless of V nine versus the Speed Force. It's just the Speed Force is a vast energy reservoir. Uh, so since since they both generate it. And Eliza's not connected to the Speed Force. No, I don't, no, I don't see. That's where that's what I'm saying. I don't think she generate. Like I, I, I refuse to believe that V nine allows you to generate Speed Force. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Okay, I'm saying the lightning that is generated isn't Speed oh, Force. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Because because if Eliza's not connected to the Speed Force, which we know she isn't, yet she still generates lightning when she runs at super speed. I think lightning is a byproduct of super speed, not something that the Speed Force grants you. I think the Speed Force is the energy. That uh, you know that that allows you to run that fast, and so velocity nine, without the speed force, essentially just consumes you. Versus when you have super speed and you're connected to the speed force, it's just this infinite battery of energy that you're that you're tapped into. So here's the thing with that though: um, the speed, like, all right. So I I associate, I, I get where you're going with that, and I could almost get behind it, except for the fact that from the get go, I have associated the lightning as visual representations of the speed force. And even if you look at the reverse flash, his lightning is red. Why? Because it's the negative speed force. Um, and so it's, it's not, he's pulling from something that's different, right? It's not the same. It's actually the, the, the polar opposite or, or the, uh, the remnants, the, the, uh, with the pushback, uh, the equal and opposite reaction. That's what, what he's pulling from. It's not the same thing. And yeah. so if it was just, he can run fast and therefore the lightning goes around him, then would not, would not the reverse flash lightning also be yellow? And I know some of you are thinking like, oh, it's just a visual thing. Yeah, but it matters. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think the reason why, uh, reverse flashes lightning is red is because he's tapping from the reverse speed force negative yep well hmm. it's called the negative speed force yeah so why would a light so <sighs> yeah and so that that's really what it comes down to is i i i'm i'm a little worried that's a little wibbly wobbly here's the way that i think i'm trying to headcanon it in is that maybe it's that since she's running fast the light, the lightning that we're seeing, are the speed force trying to like it's it's almost like it's recognizing a speedster, and so it's surrounding her. But ultimately, she isn't connected to the speed force, so with enough time, it's like it's rejecting her. So that's it starts turning blue and tearing her apart. I think at that point, like once it starts turning blue, that's when it's starting to consume her, right? And I think that's. But I, what I what I don't know is is that something like is the speed force consuming her or is she being consumed by velocity nine? Um, no, I think yeah that that's a good that, that's definitely a good question. I don't think that I don't think the drug. I I I think it's whatever the lightning is. I really do because I think the lightning was what was kind of tearing at her, and I do think if you especially look at Jay, well, hmm, I don't know. Because so Zoom, so I, I see. Here's what I'm wondering too: is if let's say at the moment where she injected the uh, the velocity nine the the final time, if Eliza had also been injected with Barry's speed, could she have maintained that blue lightning? Or well, would so any, anyone without a connection to the speed force just be pretty much screwed no matter what if they took? velocity nine continually until they just, just you know disappeared so maybe a better question then is why why did uh what we'll go ahead and call hunter zolomon why why did hunter zolomon not just immediately disintegrate um 
with when he was on V9? Why why was he able to maintain himself long enough to be able to um you know to use Jay? Or maybe maybe Hunter Zolomon on V9 is fighting Jay and is starting to disintegrate, but in the moment is able to pull kind of steal Jay's speed force, which allows him to maintain longer. Hmm. Although he did seem like he seemed to need uh, he needed Harrison Wells to convert the speed force in order for it to work to save him, right? So yeah, Harrison removed it from Barry, put it in some sort of device so that Zoom could consume it. Yeah, so why why wouldn't Zoom just do that himself? Perhaps he can't. Yeah, okay, so let's think about this. What if, and this goes back to the potential theory that that uh Harrison created Zoom, what if he rec- uh, Harrison started recognizing the problems that Hunter Zolomon was having with V9 and it not being stable. So Harrison then steals Jay's speed from the get go and uses that to kind of, you know, main- keep a, uh, uh, keep, keep Hunter Zolomon going so that Hunter's going out, he's fighting Jay. Um, and, you know, Harrison Wells got a nice little supply of speed force or whatever it is that he's, he's been storing up. Uh, and then, of course, ultimately, it all, all all goes to Funky Town, and he can't feel it feel it anymore. <laughs> so you're saying that uh, the Jay, the man of the Iron Mask, uh, had his speed stolen by Harrison Wells, given to Zoom, and now that's starting to run out, which is why he needs Barry's speed. Yes, he's out. He's his his supply is out. He said Hunter. He said Harrison Wells, you you find you find me another speedster, and I'm going to kidnap your daughter. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, I just kidnapped your daughter. You better go figure out a way for me to maintain all this because we're almost out of supply here. He goes through the portal, shoots up King Shark. Season two. So I wonder, like, since they know that the uh, Hunter's Element slash Zoom is dying, why not just wait? I, I, I Do they know how long it'll take for him to die? I wonder if they just like, you know, if they played the long game and just or, or is Barry too concerned with all the people that are being, you know, under the control of zoom and all that kind of stuff. Well, they haven't figured all this out or at least, you know, Harrison might know some of this, but you know, Harrison's whole deal was like, you know, screw it. Earth two behind. I don't want to think about what I had to do. Over Like he's ready to leave earth two behind probably because he's done so many terrible things while he's over there. He wants a fresh start. Barry does. No, Harrison. Oh, Harrison does. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting to think, think about, but yeah, curious to hear your thoughts. On uh, V9 and the Speed Force, what's the connection? How does the lightning work? Uh, you know, a lot of this are, are perhaps theories that may not even ever get addressed in the show, but I, I think it's kind of interesting to, to think through. Uh, Flash CW fans, aka Queen B in the chat says, uh, to liken it to internet, Zoom has a dial-up connection so he can auto-reconnect. Trajectory has cyber, <laughs> it was cyber cafeing <laughs> and her time ran out. And, uh, oh, that's good. She I was like kicked it. out. Very, very good. Very good. <laughs> Yeah, and Barry has fiber optic broadband because yes. <laughs> Newsflash. Newsflash. Brought to us today by the Satchel Podcast Player. Hey, you like podcasts? Sure you do. One imagines. Like it enough to listen if this long. To it, we hope you're <laughs> we hope you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. You've been listening long enough to uh to listen to this and we assume you like it. But hey, here's what you need to do. If you like podcasts, check out the Satchel Podcast Player. If you've got an Android smartphone, go to your Google Play Store, search for Satchel. If you've got an iPhone device, head over to satchelplayer.com, sign up for the beta. Awesome podcast player. Great thing to do with it. Listen to podcasts. Help support the podcast, like this one. If you like the podcast you're listening to, send a few dollars via Satchel. Let us know. All right. 
Newsflash. Here we go. Zack Snyder says that Grant Gustin's Flash does not work in the movie Justice League. The tone is not our world, he says. Uh, now, man, we, as we record on Wednesday night, are about 40, uh, 48, 24. <laughs> we're, we're a few hours away from uh, Batman versus Superman uh, hitting the uh, the world of the movie theaters. Uh, already the, the one hours from seeing it. How long? 21 hours. 21 hours. So already the uh, reviews are, are not stellar, but I'm trying to uh, to withhold from reading most reviews just because, of course, I, I like to go in fresh. Uh, but he, here's what he says. He says, it just uh, I just don't think it was a good fit, talking about Grant Gustin uh, playing, or Grant Gustin's Flash being the Flash of the movie universe. He says, I'm very strict with this universe, and I just don't see a version where that tone is our world. Uh, even if Grant Gustin is my favorite guy in the world and he's very good, he made a comment to the multiverse idea. So it's just not a thing that's possible. Uh, let me. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a weird quote from him. That is a weird quote. Asked to elaborate why he keeps these worlds separate. And then if Grant Gustin was my favorite guy in the world. Here's the thing, man. So he, he has a vision for what the DC uh, – Snyder has a vision for what the DC uh, movie universe – is and what it uh, you know and what it is, and he he doesn't see a a tone that the Flash represents fitting in with his universe, with the understanding that obviously we are fans of DC. Otherwise, we would not be doing this podcast. Very uh, true. Um, we're also you know we've got opinions, and I'd like to kind of process this a little bit. You know, DC versus Marvel is is kind of fun to to you know joke back and forth with and. Uh, and and have those debates. But it, it does concern me when he says that the tone doesn't fit the movie universe. You know, I, I get it's one thing if if it doesn't fit a single movie, but to say that it doesn't fit a universe means that the entire universe has to be painted in the exact same tone, which I don't think is a good idea. Yeah, see that his comments really kind of trouble me, honestly, because it, it's almost as if he doesn't really get what the flash is about well he gets what our flash is about um and you know i it just it seems like i mean what we what we've seen thus far is not much from the dc cinematic universe but what we have seen both on uh from man of steel and then also in the previews it's dark it's gritty um there's there's just a a very serious note to everything and it's you know, it's been criticized that it doesn't feel very DC. Not that DC can't be dark and gritty, because it absolutely can. Yeah, I mean, um, Batman, come on. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, you know, there there is dark and gritty. Um, and I think what many of us have been hoping for is is kind of that, recognizing that, yes, DC can be dark and gritty, but that's not all of it. What he seems to be, Snyder seems to be implying here with these comments is that, no, he wants to maintain that dark and gritty throughout everything. And to kind of put it in perspective and, and kind of contrast it a little bit with what's going on in Marvel, you know, I've, I've said before, if you think about on Marvel, you know, some of the darkest moments we've seen, I, I, I even refer to the scene in uh, uh, Jessica Jones, where we actually see, and this is graphic, so I apologize, we actually see a woman's head impaled on a glass uh, table, and she's bleeding out all over the floor um, after this just horrific scene. And at that yeah. exact same moment, somewhere up in space... A talking raccoon is getting drunk with a tree. So yeah. what you have in this massive universe that Marvel has painted is two very different tones that can coexist in the same universe. So it can be done. 
and and that's that's where I'm. That's yeah. That I guess that that's what. It's not the final nail in the coffin because I mean we've only seen one movie. Let's let's see a couple of movies. Let's let's go from there. Yeah, yeah. But this this is a pretty big red flag for me, honestly. Uh, and I don't. I'm not talking about Batman versus Superman. I'm just saying with Snyder at the helm of the DC cinematic universe, that's the biggest red flag that I've seen thus far. Look, I was fine. I get it. You know, if you want a different movie version than you, than you want the television version, that's fine. You know, I. I I've made statements before. I think if you do that, don't do a, don't do Barry Allen, do a, do a Bart Allen, do a Wally West, but, but maybe not Barry Allen. Cause a confusing and B, you know, just different character. You know, I've, I've gotten comfortable. I've, I've adjusted to that. The, Zack Snyder and company have, have given me a lot to have to adjust to in order in, in terms of this DC cinematic universe that they've been putting together. For me, this is the one that, that really, I, I, it's a tough pill to swallow so close to going into just to, to, uh, to uh, dawn of justice here. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, this is one of those things where uh, what is it about the tone that he disagrees with? Is, is it the tone of the show where, you know, flash is kind of this like, you know, bright, fun, sometimes campy uh, comic book show or, or is he, or is he kind of, does he not agree with the, the tone? Like how Grant Gustin portrays the flash? Like what, what is he disagreeing with? Yeah, here? exactly. Right. So what is the tone of, of, of the flash series? Fun. Bright, uplifting, hopeful, uh, funny, act, funny action. at times. You know? Yeah, funny at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, whimsical, even. Um, you know, look, I get that, that doesn't fit into your Batman versus Superman movie, but yeah, that that uh, hopefully that does. You know, hopefully, you're not taking that out of your Flash movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, for real. That's 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 my two cents. What any any kind of other thoughts in in terms of this comment from Zack Snyder? Yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I'm just worried, like I said earlier, about about what it is about the Flash TV show that he doesn't like, and and my my worry is that he wants this dark and gritty Flash, which I just I don't. I, that's not the Flash. I, don't, I, I mean, maybe I mean, okay, okay. So it could work if you do Dark Flash, right? Uh, the 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 Wally, the more brutal. Yeah, uh, but you don't start there, right? But but like, I mean, like, how do you start? there that's yeah that's that's like i I could see that working with that iteration of the flash but you can't introduce the character like that there has to be a reason why he's like that right because because that's that's the whole thing about dark flash is like to see the the regular flash that we're used to and then to see dark flash you gotta you gotta gotta understand like what has happened to this character and like it's you're like wow that's like a huge leap for the flash to be so brutal right uh and, and so to start right there it's it's just a it's it's a misinterpretation of the character uh, so, so, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, I, <clears throat> I like man of steel. I will probably like Batman versus Superman. Uh, I, I'm withholding judgment, but, uh, you know, Zack Snyder's got a long way to go to, to, to get me on board with a dark and gritty flash. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll go see what he does with Batman versus Superman and, uh, have a review for you out, um, uh, early next week. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, one thing, man, I, I think we can say that we're really excited about in terms of uh, superheroes coming together is the Supergirl Flash crossover. Oh, yeah. Man, this is going to be a lot of fun. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if we've mentioned on the podcast or not, but uh, as I understand it, we will be taking a trip over to Supergirl TV Talk and talking that episode with them. So uh, once that episode is live, we will definitely let you know. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. From the promo, it does appear that uh, Barry is appearing on the scene with some sort of device strapped to his chest. My guess is that uh, he... Tachyons. You think so? 
I think it's tachyons. I didn't think about it like that. That's possible. Uh, my my thought was that he's he's kind of he's time he's time jumping. He's he's earth jumping. He's trying to get back to Earth too, so he can um, uh, basically you know after that after that primal yell the no that we got <laughs> from this episode, I almost expected him when he ran off to actually run into the basement into the speed cannon. Or, or something. like show up at the DEO and be like, oh crap. <laughs> well, and, and just start, yeah, start kind of hopping earths in, in an, you know, effort to go, uh, to go find Jay. Now it would be a little weird that, uh, you know, after going from the no, all of a sudden to, uh, hey, what's up? Uh, I'm the fastest man yeah. alive, you know, <laughs> a different, different tonal change from that standpoint, if you will. Um, but man, I'm, I'm super excited about this. Now you will actually be watching live and uh, live tweeting from the flash TV talk, uh, account, right? That is correct. Okay. Uh, I will be, I, I have a couple episodes I need to catch up. Uh, but I did watch last week, <clears throat> last week's just to see if there's going to be any lead to. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I, you know, Supergirl, Supergirl's been kind of hit and miss, but you know, it's getting better. It's getting better. Well, I tell you what, let's do, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll ping, uh, Frank and Tim and, uh, you know, while, while you're watching and live tweeting, you use the hashtag Supergirl TV talk and we'll have Supergirl TV, TV talk use the hashtag flash TV talk. And, uh, and the so podcast of two worlds. Yeah, man. If, if so, while you're watching that episode, be sure if you, if you live tweet it, use both those hashtags, Supergirl TV talk and flash TV talk. And, uh, bell will be looking for your tweets and retweeting them. Hey, this is Patrick Sabongi and you're listening to flash TV talk. That's the sound of the police. In my hood. <laughs> All right, man. We've got some great feedback this episode. We got a uh, email in from Merrick. Who's actually uh, hosted the Pokemon go podcast. Uh, man, what did, uh, what did Merrick say? Well, uh, Merrick wrote, I come up with some new headcanon that allows me to reconcile the logistical discrepancies caused from Eddie killing himself in season one. Uh, I didn't care for Harry's plot force induced circle diagram. <laughs> uh, Eddie killing himself caused the reverse flash to disappear, but also caused the time paradox. The singularity was time's immune system trying to deal with this paradox. The Eobard in the present disappeared due to his proximity to the singularity. Uh, this was the beginning of the correction, but it failed to fully erase him from existence because the singularity was prematurely closed by flash and firestorm. Thought you guys might like my new headcanon. Have a great day. Uh, Merrick. Uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, so essentially, the reason why we still have Eobard coming, I guess, uh, into season two is because that Eobard wasn't near, uh, uh, wasn't near the paradox, so he wasn't destroyed. And since the paradox was removed, therefore, there's still this kind of like weird quasi timeline thing going on. Yeah, I'm I'm reading through it right now, rereading through it. So since yeah, because the the because I I'm assuming since Eddie killed himself. Uh, reverse flash shouldn't exist. So that paradox was going to come and destroy that entire universe. Yeah. So because of that flash and firestorm had to stop it, which they did. So therefore the universe was saved. So only that iteration of reverse flash was destroyed since he was the closest to it. And, uh, he was, uh, Eddie killing himself was instrumental in the singularity, uh, forming in the first place. Okay. Okay. You know what? I'll, uh, I, I, I like this to some extent. I mean, I, I, I think that a return of Eddie is inevitable. Um, well, we already know. I mean, he's coming. Well, you know, no spoilers or anything, but I, I just, it, it, it's, it's been on TV. Okay. Fair enough. Well, so, you know, Eddie, Eddie kind of making a return. I definitely see, uh, I see there being some uh, potential with the, the singularity, the paradox kind of allowing itself to be fixed at some point. Um, even with, 
uh, the, the Eddie return that we, we can, uh, presume, <laughs> or I, I suppose no, I guess at this point is coming. Um, even that may not tie it up in a nice little bow. I think, I think there's going to still even be doors in ways that we would not expect. Um, and that's, yeah. that's, that's all I'll say about that. Maybe, a, maybe a future speedster speculation is in order, but for now, let's also, uh, check out this iTunes review we got from, uh, Michael Gregoric iTunes. He says bourbon break. Bell, what does he say? Uh, this show is professional, but keeps a laid back feel. My first episode was out of time, which was episode 15. I love the show so much that I listened to the podcast, starting with the pilot. Uh, theories are great to see where the host compared. Uh, uh, the theories are great to see where the host compared to mine. Bourbon break is definitely the best part of the live show. <laughs> oh man, we haven't done that in a long time. Yeah, we need to. Uh, Pokemon dubstep is definitely what Joel, what sold the show for me. <laughs> awesome show. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. We really appreciate that. I, I, uh, so Pokemon dubstep, we played that before in the, in the pre-show music on the live show, but I don't think we've, we've, I don't think we've ever played that on a podcast. Have we? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think I don't we have, know. but yeah, no, it's a great, great, a lot of in jokes in that iTunes, uh, uh, <laughs> review from, from the live show. So, Hey, you know what? If, uh, if you never tuned in live, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. We do it. At uh, eight o'clock Central Time at mixler.com slash Potisseri on Wednesday nights. So if you would like to uh, to join us, it's a lot of fun. We got a great uh, great chat. Good uh, good loyal listeners who uh, show up and provide their wonderful commentary throughout. Um, also, want to encourage you to do something. If you've not head over to flashfans.org before, uh, do it because there is an awesome uh, an awesome interview, the likes of which have. I was going to try to work weather or forecast and I'm not exactly sure how to do it. Uh, whether or not you're a fan of our show, you should go to flashfans.org. I, I, I like it. It's forced like the forecast of which she, she interviewed the weather wizard. <laughs> she got Liam guys. It's awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah. So check it out. Uh, great interview over there. Flashfans.org. Hey, be sure to uh, follow us throughout the week. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at the Real Bo York. You can follow Bell at Ring That Bell, or you can follow the show at Flash TV Talk. But if 140 characters is enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at potisteri.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And if you like us podcasting about different things and you want to hear us talk about Legends of Tomorrow with some of the best podcasters in the business, you should check out Legends TV Talk. It's a really cool YouTube thing that we're doing, uh, and, and, and it's super fun. You should enjoy it. Also, panel to screen this week for Batman vs. Superman review and hopefully a Daredevil uh, season uh, season two review coming your way as well once Bell gets caught up. Uh, so definitely be checking that out, panel to screen.com. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Look, it's been so long since we finally got a chance to get back on mic. So great talking to you, Bell. So great talking to the folks. Uh, And the great thing is, when we say it this time, we mean it. We'll be back in a flash. Flash.